to Mac Dre. He was gone too soon. R.I.P. to wait, who died recently? Oh, Richard Donner, but he wasn't gone too soon. He was he was he pretty. Lived to be like ninety eight or some shit. Yeah, good for, good for that old son of a bitch. Huh? Good job, Mister. Mister, you, you cling on to life for all it's worth. Why does everything sound so quiet on my 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 headphones? Uh, my my too quiet. Hold on, I'll I'll gain. Now oh, the music guys listen to was quiet too. Yeah, there we go. It was uh ah. Yeah, R.I.P. to Mac Dre. He was gone too soon. New Vince Staples album comes out in a couple days. You excited? Hell no. Why Vince Staples? Anything anymore. What? I don't get excited about anything anymore. I mean, Vince Staples is my favorite uh, working rapper. Has been for years. I love Vince Staples. He's got an interesting mind. I love hearing interviews with him. He's so uh, comedically nihilistic. I vibe with them real hard. Um, it's my birthday, and England scored some fucking goals. I know, which is not what you wanted, right? No, <laughs> nope, not at English. all. I wanted Denmark to. Girls I wanted them to beat them so badly that Dane Lock came back in. <laughs> like, all right, now we own the British Isles. It's gone back so far now, it's actually New Amsterdam. Holy shit. That's what they used to call New York. New York wanted to change it. Uh, why did they change it? Did England buy the island or some shit? Uh, I can't say. Uh, maybe um, they just liked it better now. Because huh? it was New Amsterdam when it was all... The yeah, Dutch and Danish Dutch. people in there, and then it became New York when England bought it. I want to say bought, or it could have been a war, and then there was a treaty. That's something I should have something, read about at some point, stupid. but I didn't. I remember, I remember this, but I don't remember what the actual reason was. I actually think it was a treaty, but they technically in the treaty. Yeah, my neighbor yeah, from the bay is a boss tycoon. You like Guap Dad? This is about it's about this is about VHS Cole and your birthday. VHS Cole, happy birthday to me! Thirty five years old. I am approaching the uh, end of my natural lifespan, just like Mac Dre. Okay, yeah, that's obviously not correct, but continue. People will. Oh, not, I, I gotta not be. I was gonna write a poem for you, like you did on my birthday. But oh yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I'm just gonna freeform it whenever you write. I didn't write a poem. Yeah, I'm, I just, some, I'm gonna lay some jazz on you, Kyle. I, I didn't write. I really do too much work. I just edited the opening narration for Assassination of Jesse James. <laughs> All right, ready? Ready. All right, a man constantly reinvented. Known as much for his orange biker shorts as his <laughs> denim vest and afro, he considered his best years to be spent in the, as a drunken lecturer in his 20s. But given the age of and lifespan of his various progenitors and ancestors, that seemed unlikely. Still, at 35, his bottomless brown eyes had taken on a haunted, almost no look like that of a deposed god or pagan. Your uh, sound keeps getting cut off. Well, goddammit, that's not my fault. <laughs> it was pretty good. That was pretty good. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Um, yeah, I don't know. You uh, you seem pretty down on you, but I mean, I don't, I don't know. You're not. I'm honestly feeling. Either. I'm feeling pretty good, like physically. Like I said earlier, like I don't feel old. Um, luckily I like absolutely brutalized my body in my twenties. So now that like, I'm in like really good shape and I work out every day and stuff, I feel like the healthiest I've ever felt physically. And then even mentally, I'm like, 
doing great, honestly, because I'm I'm I I easily could still be, you know, garbage head alcoholic taking every drug that comes across the table, fucking around, getting in trouble every three to four business days, sort of shit. But I'm not doing that anymore, so that's good too. But the only thing is like. Uh, based on society standards and the pressure that comes from society, I am a miserable failure. You know, I don't have uh, any claim to anything, <laughs> which is like, uh, it kind of bums you out. Uh, obviously, well, we talk mean, about it on the podcast. Society really only puts value on, really only puts value on your career for the most part. Mm-hmm. Well, I talk about it on the podcast a lot, like that I don't feel compelled to play by those rules anyways. And most of the time I don't. It's just sometimes on my birthday, it's like, all right, I'm 35. I wish, like, I had a partner maybe or something, you know, or, like, a reliable job <laughs> or wasn't worried about, like, my teeth getting, like, fucked up and not being able to fix them or, like, my car breaking down or some shit. Yeah, I mean, know? that really what it all comes down to is I just don't have any sense of security. Right. Uh, it's all very precarious. I live on a knife's edge. Precarious. Uh, speaking of... um precarious living that i'm sure a lot of our listeners are familiar with because presumably uh it's people of our <laughs> class the, the the middle lower I middle know, class i, I like to, to think it's only upper middle class weirdos listen to us i'd be pretty i don't think we talk about enough speculative politics for that to be the case we, we can change that if you know. yeah but um so i've been rocking with the same phone for about uh five almost six years i think oh shit i don't know how my old my iphone is when yeah. is an iphone 7 out 2015 i don't know i made that up (laughs) (laughs) but um so like my phone um the screen's cracked there's tons of burning in the screen stuff but i would have kept rocking with it for a long time no matter what but then about six months ago the speaker for phone calls stopped working but then i just whatever when i get a phone call well you know fucking speakerphone no problem but then, like, a month ago, that stopped working. So it no longer served the purpose of a phone, really. So our parents were like, all right, we get a new phone for your birthday, right? Which is cool. I mean, like I said, I would have kept rocking with that broken-ass, like, fucking Bostonian uh, Casey Affleck-style phone from the uh, SNL Dunkin' Donuts commercial, you know? I rocked that <laughs> shit. I don't give a fuck. But, um, so I got a new phone today, and... Um, <laughs> Modern technology is fucking bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) It is the worst. It was such like bullshit to transfer over my data from the other phone. So inconsistent. Um, It it comes loaded with so much fucking bloatware. Like it's fucking Windows. uh, What was it? Vista? The one that was just overburdened. Everybody hit it. Yeah. Yeah. So that fucking sucked. And then um, apparently this phone uh, uses USB-C for charging, which is fine. Right. No big deal. Except for it doesn't come with the charging block that goes in the outlet, and no one has a fucking USB-C charging block, so I had to order that separately. Only way I can charge it right now is, uh, so in your computer. Yeah, I got like it's inconvenient to get to the USB-C port on the back of my desktop, so I have to um Wait, plug in my like laptop. A, they didn't send you like a UB uh, UBS like UBC cord. Uh uh-uh. uh this, the only thing it came with was a uh, USB-C cord to USB-C. So, like, as if there, I would, for some reason, have the charging block for the outlet. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was like, didn't Apple stop selling? Like, everything seems like all these companies yeah, yeah, are yeah. trying to nickel and dime everybody. Like, oh, no, no, we're going to sell it. No headphones anymore. No charging block. 
Yeah, so Pretty the, soon you're gonna pay for the screen extra. Right, I got Samsung's yeah, that's newest phone. Right now. I got the S20 because I had the fucking I had the S7, which is they're already up to 21, huh? But I swear <laughs> it was only like five years ago. But maybe it was more. I don't know. I I, I could have sworn I got that phone when well, I started. I, mean, to get I definitely sober. bought my phone. Uh, a couple years after it was actually released too so I don't yeah know. well mine's i guess this is brand new like i'm not trying like whatever like i said i don't give too much about my phone um but like you know it was getting to the point where i had to get a new phone and it's just fucking so it took me like hours to like get all the settings right and get rid of no well, not hours maybe an hour i'm not like a boomer or whatever i know what i'm doing but it took okay, me. Boomer. It was like way too much time to just get rid of all the bloatware and change the settings, so I don't have like all the fucking. Because I really like minimalism on my phone. You know, I don't want like all the extra stupid shit. Like how I gotta get the sidebar. I gotta change the brightness and the touch tone and shit. I don't want facial recognition. You know what I mean? I have to turn off like all this stupid shit that's just on the phone. Like fucking, I don't want any of that. Just fucking. <laughs> Let me get on the internet and text or whatever. That's fine. <laughs> That's it. That's all I wanted to do. Going back to a flip phone soon. Yeah. The big thing now, the big concern is uh, my previous phone, I had the uh, Elvira case for a long time, right? Which I feel, I, I felt like it accurately represented my my tastes and my personality. Case. Well, I, I, I that was that was when I was more into like camp and um, a Western horror. So I was thinking for this one. I'm gonna based on like what I'm into now. I was gonna try to go for like uh, Japanese exploitation shit. So I was thinking like Meiko Kaji from a uh, custom one for that. I don't think someone's gonna sell that bad boy. Red Bubble for sure. I bet I can get one. I haven't checked yet, but I was thinking um me yeah Meiko Kaji from Female Prisoner Seven Hundred One Scorpion or like uh, Reiko Ike from Lady Snowblood. But I don't know. I, yeah, I just want like sexy Japanese heroine from exploitation movie. I just want heroin. Hell yeah, <laughs> hell yeah, <laughs> buddy. <laughs> That's the problem with heroin. Is um, listeners, I've only done heroin twice, and uh, after the second time, I was like, I can never be around heroin again because the fucking heroin's quite Moorish, as they say. <laughs> You know what? That shit feels good. <laughs> oh man, he's fucking just like nodding off and shit. Never felt you've never felt that chill. I guess it plays into the fact that I have um not anxiety, but like I'm somewhat like internally hyperactive. I guess is how I would explain it. Like my brain's always like popping off. So um that's why I'm sure the alcoholism was a problem is because I like to uh be able to like make my make my brain dumber not to laud myself as super intelligent but i like to slow my brain down it was the same thing with heroin when i did it i was like oh it's nice to just like fucking not think <laughs> so you can't fuck with it too much because it'll no, get you, you stop thinking you die it'll get you That's what i've discovered not lots of people aren't thinking too much right i assume i don't know it's interesting like you can't live in someone else's head that's, that's too bad. Yeah, I mean, I've seen being John Malkovich. I think we're, we're headed that way. Well, uh, yeah, of course, Elon Musk's uh, Neuralink, right? That'll surely oh, revolutionize uh, something. <laughs> something. Uh, yeah, he got a contract for the Boring Company in Florida. Did you see that? They're no. gonna dig. They're gonna dig underground tunnels in uh, Florida. How's? Do you think that's gonna work out pretty well? 
I mean, uh, <laughs> 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 uh, fucking uh, so where in Flo- I guess it doesn't really matter because <laughs> yeah, <Florida>. where yeah. <laughs> Miami, they're testing out Miami. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, there's not really a lot of good places in Florida that don't, no, that don't have, like, like um, fucking... It's one of the most poorest states. Yeah. In the- yeah, and, like, a lot of it is below, like, the sea, like, below sea level. Oh, shit. Fucking dumb. Save well, this is also the man that's like, yeah, no, no, I'm going to make a torpedo tube to save children. What? It didn't work? No, you're a pedophile. <laughs> not only that, it's uh, for the, um, the, 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 like, the state legislation of Florida to be like, yeah, we'll give them a contract. That sounds good. You, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the state legislature of Florida is really on the fucking ball. Who's their I governor? I guess not. I don't know. Florida man. DeSantis is a fucking moron. God. DeSantis, that sounds like Monsanto. <laughs> he loves them. I'll tell you that. Unless like, they don't like Trump, then he hates them. Oh. I mean, I don't know. Did Trump ever say anything bad about Monsanto? Monsanto? He might have. I can't imagine. Probably not. He probably got out of his. He's like such a like catty bitch. You know, he might have said something. (laughs) (laughs) I I just like that he's like so much like, pay attention to me now. Pay attention. Is he? Yeah, because didn't you hear he's suing uh, Facebook and uh, Twitter and uh, YouTube? About what? For violating his First Amendment rights or some shit. That's going to be um, a hard case to pursue, I think. I guess, like you said, though, that's a way for him to get attention, though, huh? Yeah, I think that's all it is. He's like, pay attention, guys, please. Something to do. Uh, I mean, you know. he, I, he was one of the greatest posters of all time. <laughs> he was like, uh, he was really early in Hemingway with 250 words. Oh, no, I don't mean he was a talented writer or anything. He was just like a sideshow. No, I think that's just one of the stupid things he said about himself. Oh, no, no. (laughs) Yeah, he was like a sideshow attraction is what was great about him. I will not feed into the posts left who say, oh, he is the greatest poster. And with any form of sincerity, he was a great poster. But like because like back in the day when you used to go to message boards and there'd be some complete idiot who would post the randomest stupidest threads and you love it is the most entertaining thing you'd ever read but it was you know just fucking word vomit yeah yeah i mean he's it's, he's really entertaining when he doesn't have any actual power he was entertaining when he had power it was just you know also you know bad it's frightening <laughs> then you know what i mean it's not yeah. as fun as going to the internet message board and watching everybody lose their mind because someone's like the nazis had good ideas <laughs> i hear that they did <laughs> You know what's crazy is um the only thing that could stop the, this fucking England and their their rise to fascism is Italy. <laughs> Italy? I know, right? Yeah. There's a classic mashup for England and Italy. Well, so did you? If I don't know, have you been watching the Euros at all? No, very little of it. We got to get to Ninja Turtles in a bit. This is drifting into our other podcast territories about <laughs> random shit, but whatever. I'm getting pretty buzzed. Um, the Italy. Uh, this I'm seven beers in. So. Uh, Italy beat Spain in um, one of the worst games I've seen, uh, which is I'd say easily seventy percent of the game was dominated by Spain, but then it went to overtime, and then it went to shoot off, and Italy happened to win. So um, <laughs> what I'm saying is uh, it might be coming home. Oh, really? Yeah, Finally? yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think England can beat Italy. <laughs> uh, it's still not gonna win the world because uh, the the wrong kid died. <laughs> Spain should have beat Italy. Uh, yeah, Spain at least is, it's not the World Cup. Yeah. Spain is really good. 
Yeah, they absolutely should be Italy. Italy's not terrible, but um, they're not as good as Spain, and I don't think they're as good as Denmark, which England just beat. And England's got tons of momentum because they got a lot of blokes, right, that are like England. Let's go, three lions. Let's go, so fucking go. The king and the queen. God bless the queen. God save the queen. Let's get some fucking points, lads. Fish and chipper. Fish and chops. Yeah, so. Terrible, honestly. I don't want England to win. <laughs> oh, well. In 1999, a little, one of the, uh, the highest grossing independent film of all time up to that date came out. It was called... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Let's talk about Ninja Turtles as a franchise, Ninja Turtles history first. For listeners, I guess. I don't know if it's common knowledge or not. Like, whatever. Although I've fallen out of favor with comic books and such, I. Still appreciate the business from like an anthropological perspective, historically or so. In uh, the same sense as uh, someone might appreciate the Nazis? Kind of. Actually, it's, um, I, we talked about it a lot on the podcast. Uh, my relationship with comic books um, meant a lot to me when I was young. Um, there's still like mangaka and like certain uh, comic book artists that I appreciate and stuff, but generally the, the business is. As dominated by superheroes is uh, um, boring to agitating to me. But um, to me, it feels like common knowledge to know about uh, the history of Ninja Turtles and independent comics. But um, listeners might not know. So that's the whole point. That's what I was trying to get to. Is like It seems like people know about this, but whatever. Uh, Mirage Studios, 1983 to 2009. In May of 1984, Eastman and Laird self-published the first black and white issue of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It was a 40-page oversized comic and had an initial print run of 3,275 copies. Largely funded, um, this is like, there's a story you hear from comic book guys. So he got a $1,000 loan. Kevin Eastman got a $1,000 loan from his uncle Quentin. And that's how they made Ninja Turtles became millionaire. Uh, Ooh, the reason. When was, we can't, why can't we do that? Where's, why don't we have an uncle Quentin? We do have an uncle who's um, wheeling and dealing. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, by that I mean he uh, lives offshore in a boat to avoid. Committing <laughs> several tax fraud. <laughs> yeah. Like um, the reason it's called Mirage Studios, uh, as Eastman says, is there wasn't an actual studio, only kitchen tables and couches with lap boards, thus a mirage of a studio. Ooh, oh, wow. 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 Uh, so, yeah, the initial run was about 3,000 copies. It was reprinted three more times. Each reprinting was more copies. Uh, they had a fucking hit on their hands back in 1984. Uh, this is still just the comics market. Uh, it takes until 87, I believe, for the deal with the cartoon. Yeah, Yeah, so um, at first it's just the comic. It is uh, one of the like the greatest like independent comic success stories of all time. 
I, I mean, I'll go on a limb and say it's probably the greatest comic book success story, at least in the last 40 years. I, I may be... I can't think of another one. Maybe more than that, yeah. Like, it might be the... the Image, right? The the beginning of image. Yeah, I guess, is, the, I guess that's you about it. All the entirety of image, like you know, the the, the, the spawn, spawn, spawn specifically, yeah. but yeah, but yeah, that's the only really com- comparable thing. And uh, the image, uh, it prints or the image um, brand was those were established figures in comics too. These guys were just dudes drawn in their kitchen, like he said. Um, in our on June first, two thousand, Laird and the Mirage Group purchased Eastman's ownership of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles property. Um, he Eastman wanted to move on to other projects, and that bio was completed in March on March first, two thousand eight. So it took eight years to negotiate that shit. I mean, I gotta imagine it was worth a lot of money at that point. Right? I mean, yes, the Ninja Turtles, two thousand eight. I didn't, didn't Nickelodeon buy them at some point? Nickelodeon um, or Viacom owns Ninja Turtles currently. They bought them in 2000. Got to be pretty soon after this, actually, 2008 or Eastman went on. A lot of money off that. <laughs> yeah, Eastman went on to be the uh, uh, supervising producer, editor, publisher of Heavy Metal Magazine, or Ooh. Metal Herlant. And uh, Tundra Publishing. He'd been doing Tundra Publishing for a while, anyways. Tundra Publishing is also another um, independent comics imprint that has. Um, it's had some marginal success. They're very well known with uh, like comic guys as being like you can like Fantagraphics. You you can kind of mm-hmm. pitch them something or. They'll, I don't want to say they'll make anything, but they're very supportive of independent comics. We'll say that. Last time. They're the Netflix of independent comics. I don't know if they got the Netflix money. (laughs) They'll make anything and cancel it after one season. Yeah, but um, very recently, as of 2020, uh, Laird and Eastman actually reunited for a new Ninja Turtles comic book miniseries called The Last Ronin. The first issue was published in November. Um, it's issue one of five at this point they're only up to they've only published three out of five which I had, did go and read on the internet illegally <laughs> but um, it's a pretty cute little story it's uh, I won't spoil it but there's one surviving turtle that's trying to get revenge against the uh, uh, Saki clan or, or, or the foot clan or whatever like Shredder's grandson, because goes Shredder. Is it, uh, is it Michelangelo? How'd you know it was Michelangelo? Because that's the weirdest choice. Ah shit! Yeah, it's Michelangelo. That's like the big, <laughs> re- big reveal at the end of the first issue. Is oh, it's Michelangelo. <laughs> yeah, uh, I could write comics. Very <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> I mean, it is. Uh, it's pretty cute. I, I I enjoyed it so far. I mean, the the. The first issue was out in November. The second issue took till February, and then the third one was in like May. So it's not coming out on like a regular basis. Um, so hopefully, eventually, I feel like I was. Finished. I mean, this is just me, right? But if I was gonna do like a really short miniseries, it's only five issues. I would just Probably finish do. all five before I release it, right? Well, I'm pretty sure it's written and scripted out all five. I think it's, it has to do with the art more than anything. Fucking artists. Yeah um but uh yeah i mean it's reading it i was uh re re familiarized myself with um how brief 
and uh, sort of uh, grading comic book storytelling is like the pacing of storytelling in comics, where it's because it's I, only going to be five. Say like eh. especially like in the last in, the, in recent years, it feels like they've really gotten really bad at at pacing. It's just like, it just seems like there's panels missing a lot of the time. For this one, it's more just like the problem with like a lot of, I mean, it's a problem with a lot of '80s um, B movies and exploitation movies, which I like, but um, it is a storytelling problem where it's oh this happens and then this happens and this happens. Comic books seem to have this all around, um, where if it's not like something uh, that is meant to be one complete story even though this is meant to be one complete story they they feel like they need to every issue has to have enough in it to be worth the purchase so then there's got to be a big action scene even though maybe the story doesn't necessitate that you know and it's just not a, a really great way to tell a story like i mean i don't think serial tv is a great way to tell a story either but everyone does it because fucking he makes some money, huh? That said, it's pretty cute. You go check it out. Last run, it's around. I thought it was cool that it was Michelangelo because he's always the um, like you said, it, it makes sense uh, character wise for that little. Yeah, like the turn. next best choice would be obviously Domitello. Yeah, uh, I think Ralph is Raph is the the worst choice. The obvious the choice, obvious yeah. And then Leo's, Leo. not, Leo's pretty close to Raph, even. Yeah, Leonardo is also just a fucking nerd. Leonardo leads. Donatello's machines. Donatello is supposed to be the nerd, but like the real, the real the fucking nerd is Leonardo. <laughs> yeah, that's like ROTC fucking nerd, like the deep nerd shit. Um, uh, Ninja Turtles. Uh, it is initially is a parody of the most popular comics of the eighties. Of course, Frank M- Daredevil. Oh, sorry. Oh, Frank Miller's Daredevil, New Mutants, Dave Sin's Cerebus, and Frank Miller's Ronin. Really, they're really, really, really on the Frank Miller Daredevil shit. We'll go over it real quick. Uh, the ooze that creates I mean, the stick turtles. And Splinter is basically the same fucking character. <laughs> yeah, stick and stick is Daredevil's mentors. Splinter's theirs. In the first issue, of Ninja Turtles. Oh, I didn't even remember. I never put together the ooze thing. But sorry, go ahead. It's explicit when you go back and read the first issue. They like panel for panel recreate the uh, Daredevil uh, origin story, and then like, and now in the sewers. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so the ooze that splashes Daredevil, Matt Murdock's eyes to make him Daredevil, that's the same ooze that makes the turtles. We got Stick and Splinter. Of course, uh, what was going on in Frank Miller's Daredevil in the 80s? He's fucking with Elektra and the ninja organization called The Hand. These guys fight the foot. There you go. <laughs> the foot and the hand. Yeah, so there's, um, there is elements of New Mutants and Cerebus and Ronin. But they're mostly, it's mostly Frank Miller's Daredevil shit that they're copying. Ronin feeds into, like, the ninja and uh, Eastern mysticism shit. But, uh, I mean, also probably, like, Usagi Ujimbo. I think that was already going on. Is it? Um, or was it? I thought Florida and they're almost congruent. Cause, uh, it's hard to, I don't remember Usagi Ujimbo. Usagi Ujimbo. No, I think Usagi Ujimbo predates the Ninja Turtles. Created by Stan Sakai. 
1984 for president. No, it would have been. Yeah, congruent. You're right. 84, yeah. Oh, because I definitely remember. There's, there's for sure. Oh, some it's um, yeah, it's being published by Fanographics right now to bring up Fanographics again. I don't know why I'm shilling for this independent comic company, Fanographics, but Fanographics publishes a lot of cool shit. <laughs> I guess check out their <laughs> website. I don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, coming to you soon, a VHS cool comic from Fanographics. I mean, if they'll, they're willing to let me like script out some shit, I'll get like Ed Piscor or. Uh, Jim Rudd. You'll, you'll get no one and you'll like it. Get them to draw. I'll do Adipisco, man. His uh, hip-hop family tree. Available on fanographics.com. That's a good comic. Um, shit. Alright. Yeah, so Frank Miller, man. They fucking... I mean, that's the thing, too. At the time period, uh, Dare, Frank Miller's Daredevil series is the highest-selling comic in, like, 84, I think. I mean, yeah, Frank Miller really had a run there. Um, yeah, and then the, uh, the Electra <laughs> miniseries... Uh, I think comes out in like the end of 84, 85, which is even if you go back and read that now, uh, the writing is not that great, honestly, like the dialogue and stuff. But um, the experimentation with like color and and pacing and stuff, there's interesting shit going on. Most of it's not down to Frank Miller making the Electrum in the series cool. It's mostly the colorist and the inker and the penciler and stuff. But um. I can see why you'd read that and be like, hell yeah, man, fucking let's do some ninja shit. Plus, it's the 80s. Ninja shit's popping off everywhere, right? All the canon films and shit. Yeah, I mean, it really feels like martial arts starts to take off in the, the you know, 70s-ish. Um, and then by the time the 80s rolling around. Well, like, like 60s with uh, Bruce Lee, right? Right. That's, here you go, America. Here's the real shit. And then, yeah, the 70s is when... um. We start getting um, everything Hong Kong's making starts coming to the United States. And then especially when the VHS market, VHS market exists. Fucking here you yeah, go. Yeah, that's really. Yeah, then you can see fucking Lady Snowblood. There's a whole martial arts section at your local VHS yeah. store. I'll be honest. So I didn't see Lady Snowblood until after Kill Bill. I'll be honest about that. Quentin Tarantino did turn me on to Lady Snowblood. However, <laughs> I do remember watching Female Prisoner. 701 scorpion as a little kid late at night so on take that fucking uh japanese channel local channel we had so fuck you <laughs> um i rewatched uh love exposure recently right mm-hmm. and um i don't know i'm just bringing this up because uh a female prisoner scorpion um when she gets out and goes to seek revenge she wears like this all black like very witchy psychedelic uh you know 60s 70s sort of outfit and then i rewatched love exposure and um i forgot that like when he um does his uh gender swapped alter ego the main character and he calls himself lady scorpion and dresses like her and i was like oh yeah how cute and then i was like this is why i love love exposure and she also stands <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, now on to the movie. Like I said, 1987, um, I think maybe 86, uh, Eastman and Laird hook up with uh, this a money man, uh, an agent, you know, a guy that's he's got his hands in different pockets. Oh, one of those I mean, suits, huh? huh? 
Kind of, but he's in like the in the the in the trenches sort of guy. Like when you see depictions of like um Adam Sandler's agent, or you know what I mean. I can't remember what his name is, but like Maury Gross or whatever. I think right, you know where it's like he's really he's looking out for the artist and he's getting in there and getting in the pockets and blah blah blah. They they run into like one of those sorts of guys, and he's like, yeah, what if we do a cartoon style making the toys? You know, one of those guys. So that's what happens. Oh, you know what? They get a poster and a comic book, and you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna put them on stage singing a musical. Oh, bada bing, bada boom! Hell yeah, that shit rules. You remember it was called Out of Their Shell, right? Yeah, you know, it, was it was fucking yeah. awful. Don't say it was rules. We watched <laughs> that. that. We rules. hated it as kids. It did not rule. It I used to watch it on repeat. I have a vivid memory chilling our that bunk bed we had. I like, fucking hated it. that fucking out of the shows. Not me, man. I fucking love to see the turtles rock. I was punk rock the day I was born. I love turtle rock. <laughs> <laughs> fucking dead Kennedys and Ninja Turtles, man. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. R.I.P. to Mac Trey. He was gone too soon. Uh, so the script for this film, release this film, as they say in Northern Ireland, film, uh, is based mainly on the early Ninja Turtles comics, the Turtles' origin, the rooftop battle when they're hanging out in the farmhouse, the final battle with Shredder, Shredder, and then uh, they do include uh, shit from the cartoon, like having um, different colored bandanas. Uh, they're crazy for pizza. And uh, something yeah. like the. I mean, character- that pizza thing, that, you know, that's important. Yeah, some of the characterization for Michelangelo being like the more like, hey, where are you? And um, big one is April Neo is a television reporter instead of a lab assistant. Right. When that, I mean, she was basically a television reporter through most of uh, <coughs> Teenage Mutant Turtles fiction, really. And I think. The, the, owl, recent sh- yeah. the outlier is kind of the original story. Yeah. yeah, some of the some of the more recent shows, I think she's a lab assistant again or something like that. Um, I tell you, the, the com- new comic books, but certainly no one thinks of her as. I, I think you uh, ask any Teenage Mutant Turtles fan, they're going to call her a, a reporter. The 2012 series, um, she's just the sort of uh, uh, hot topic mall aesthetic uh, goth teenager. Well, fun. I always see, watching this movie and like realizing the Teenage Mutant Turtles are kids. She does have kind of a weird relationship with a bunch of teenagers. It is, and especially because she has sex with all of them. <laughs> well, it's just implied, Kyle. Yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so one of the coolest things about this movie is, of course, the turtle costumes. They're uh, fucking. Out cutting edge, top of the line. Even now, watching it, that's like, what you that's get fucking when you, when you contact uh, uh, Brian Henson in the Muppet Studios. This was actually Jim Henson's his last project before he died. Oh man, even better. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually didn't want to work on this because of the violence in it. Mm-hmm. But uh, Steve Barron, the director, had directed um, what's the the Jim Henson TV show, The Strange Tales, or Oh, sh- yeah, it's not Strange Tales, is it? I think it might be Strange Tales. You might be right. I don't remember. Jim Henson, Strange Tales. Or is, what is it? It's called. It's uh, The Storyteller. It's just called The Storyteller. There you go. Um, he had directed the uh, pilot episode for The Storyteller, which is he did such a good job. They got picked up and yada, yada, yada. So Jim Henson... Um, wanted to do him a favor because he had done him a favor they did Ninja Turtles and 
I understand Jim Henson was um he's a pretty like uh, granola hippie sort of man, you know, like maybe a deadhead. <laughs> And, um, you, I, this sounds derogatory towards Jim Henson. I, I won't stand for it. Well, no, he's a cool ass guy, but I, I understand his sensibilities. But like the violence in Ninja Turtles, especially the movies, is like, yeah, it's, it's it's fine, man. Uh, until uh, Shredder gets his head crushed. Yeah. Also, mm-hmm. um, when Tatsu beats up that kid, he was supposed to die in the original script. They even filmed it that way. Oh. <laughs> that would have been badass. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll get to a quote later from one of the dudes who played Raphael, but essentially, um, if uh, the studio hadn't stepped in and they'd done like Steve Barron's cut of the film and shit like that, it probably would have gotten an R rating. <laughs> would have been badass. It's still a much darker film than any of the other Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Well, I I made sure to watch Secret of the Ooze because um, <laughs> and and all right, so like you guys, if you watch the first one and not any of the other ones, you're gonna sit down and watch the first one, like. Yeah, this is still just kind of kids shit. But going from that to Secret Lose, it's like, no, this is there's uh, way more like pathos and like characterization. So much shit in the first one that did not make it Secret Lose. However, Secret Lose has the best line of any fucking Ninja Turtles media of all time. <laughs> when um Toka and Razor, you know, they get um Yeah. He he the uh the professor he sabotages it so that they're they got they're dumb, they got dumb brains. Yeah. And the shredders babies, babies. babies. <laughs> That's my favorite fucking line. Dumb babies. So badass. <laughs> but yeah, there's um there's uh there's a lot of confidence. I mean, the, the second act of this movie is actually really good. The pacing of this movie is amazing. This is like fucking. This is how you make a fucking hour and thirty three minute movie. Everyone, I've you know, I was I have my problems with like some stuff in the first act or the third act, but again, like the second act to me is is almost a perfect teenage mutant girls movie. Yeah. Uh, like I said, this is up to that point in nineteen ninety, and for a few years afterwards, this is the highest grossing independent film of all time, and then it was beaten up by. What came out in 1999, the early summer of 1999? Oh, was it Blair Witch Project? It sure was. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, films Man, budget. that movie sucked. I So, I don't like the Blair Witch Project as a movie, but I do like the production of it, how they decided to make it, how they market. You know what I mean? I'm interested like the same thing with the comic books, I guess. I'm introduced interested in it from a outside under a microscope anthropological perspective rather than be like, yeah, that's a good movie. It's really not, but it is interesting how they made it, how they decided to make it, how they decided to market it, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera, et cetera. And then never recreated. I get everyone's all oh, paranormal activity. That movie fucking Sucks. Sucks. Big dick. (laughs) Only thing good about it. Nothing, actually. I was going to be like, well, no. (laughs) I stand corrected Um, myself. I was like, wait a minute. There's nothing good. Nothing good about it. Um, So, yeah, the budget was only $13.5 million, which is, I mean, that's still quite a lot. I'd love to get $13.5 million to make a movie. I'd really really like to get $13 to make a movie. Uh, most of the production and filming took place in North Carolina. Can you believe it? 
Oh, gross. That's not New York. Yeah, only a couple location shots took place in New York City during the summer of 1989. Uh, basically, just the, the what you see of the, the uh, environmental shots of like Times Square, the Empire State Building, and the Hudson River. That's basically the only New York shit in it. Yeah, even the opening when they're doing like the pickpocketing shit and they're going through the streets of New York. Oh, they're on a set. Oh, that's you know one thing I that really bothers me is like this this ancient ninja ninja clan their big uh, their big plan is to be petty thieves. Yeah, when I rewatched it, I was like, "What are the foot doing?" Because <laughs> like, yeah, what are they? They're just fucking stealing shit. Is this like a slow? Is it a long con? You're trying to build some sort of ninja cult so that you can eventually take over all of New York? Well, he that's is. The only way this makes he sense. is incorporating these kids into joining the like foot, a, right? Yeah, like a but weird it, ninja cult. But it seems like the longest process ever for it, though. And then at the end, they're like, "Yeah, we." we, we can you imagine the shredder? Like, oh man, like, Casey Jones hit someone at a golf club. We're out of here. Well, can you imagine the shredder being like, "Hey, you want to buy a Walkman?" Like. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta fund this shit somehow. <gasps> babies! You need Walkman babies! Tatsu, get out there and sell that shit, man. Come on. We're running low on funds. We need you to sell a boombox. <laughs> they don't really get into how they <laughs> the Shredder and Tatsu got started in New York. Nah, but I mean, like that aspect's like not too important to the story. Because it's also like... I mean, you can maybe fill in the gaps yourself, right? Because um, Hiroku, Hiroku Saki is Splinter's master, right? Yeah. He came to the United States with um, his wife. Well, I mean, Hamato Yoshi was his, uh, his master. Yeah. Roku Saki Roku, is Roku Saki is Shredder. Yeah, that's what yeah. it is. Uh, Hamato Yoshi, so um, Hamato Yoshi came to the United States with the love of his life, who Shredder also loved. But she was kind of like, yeah, I don't know. You're a little weird, Shredder. I assume. <laughs> I don't know what to give her that impression. Oh, by the way, guess what? Shredder's here. He's killed you, and he's about to kill your, your, right. your, uh, your husband. So uh, the presumption would be that um, he just kept hanging around in New York. He couldn't get you know a ride back or anything. <laughs> so I was like, oh, you, I guess I better start a clan, a clan of petty thieves. Yeah, and then he ran into another Japanese man, Tatsu, and he's like, well, What's up? <laughs> hey, do you know ninjutsu? <laughs> Tight. <laughs> Badass. I mean, obviously, um, in the comics and shit, it is uh, fully sussed so up. Yeah. yeah, and the, the, the Foot Clan's not um, trying to steal consumer electronics to take over New York. <laughs> or whatever. Uh, many major studios, such as Walt Disney Pictures, Columbia Pictures, MGMA, United Artists, Orion Pictures, Paramount, and Warner Brothers turned down the film for distribution. Ooh, Paramount now owns them. Uh, Viacom. Paramount the Viacom. Company? I think yeah. one of them owns the other one. I think Paramount owns. No, Viacom owns Paramount. I think is what it is. I know the the important thing, listeners, is there's about um, three companies that own all the media you ever consume. So think about that. I guess. <laughs> no, it's like four. Um, so the, the primary worry was that despite the popularity of the cartoon and the toy line, which at this point in 1990 is fucking million dollar industry, I'm sure, uh, they, their worries gonna just flop like the masters of the universe, specifically because the masters of the universe did so bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's not just masters of the universe at this point because 
Uh, Transformers, the movie has come out, right? Obviously, yeah. it's not live action, but it didn't do well. Um, the G.I. Joe movie didn't didn't do well. The uh, My Little Pony movie was moved to a straight-to-video because they assumed it wasn't going to do well. Right? No, G.I. So, Joe got straight-to-video, too, oh, was because, it? because Transformers didn't Transformers, do well enough, yeah. yeah. But when you think about it, though, is... um the I, I don't know the last time you watched the Masters of the Universe movie, but it is... I mean, it's Roger garbage. Roger Corman, <laughs> hot garbage, right? This Ninja Turtles movie is, I swear, if it's you, a folly. It's a fucking movie. Yeah, if you read the screenplay for Ninja Turtles, you're like, you know what? This is a fucking movie. <laughs> Not like I don't know. That's to me, this just points out the the, the weird shitty arrogance and not understanding storytelling that these studios have where there's money on the table so they should be interested anyways and then if they read the the screenplay it's like well this isn't terrible like masters of the universe so it should probably be okay but nah nah yeah <laughs> that said though the um i mean i maybe i don't know if i'm that clouded by nostalgia or whatever but i think um the transformers movie is uh i mean it's just Star Wars, but it's. I mean, I really like Transformers the movie, but I, it's I, well I, enough. It's hard for me to have a fair judgment of it. This is this point in my life. Yeah, I guess I could say something about Ninja Turtles, where these are such like uh, touchstone well, major pillars of our childhood. Where it's like I don't. I'll say this though: oh. for like the 1990s Ninja, Ninja Turtles, it was as a kid, it was definitely my least favorite Ninja Turtles movie. But as an adult, I like it a lot more. Yeah, I actually experienced the same thing where um, The Secret of the Ooze was my favorite as a kid. Mm -hmm. But, like, this one for sure is the best one. I didn't watch the third one, but, I mean, no, I, no one's going to I mean, Casey it. Jones is back, but that's about all it's going for. <laughs> yeah. Elias Cotias. Uh, so they got uh, distribution about halfway through production. Uh, by then, uh, the small independent production company, New Line Cinema. All New Line Cinema had the time, their only claim to fame, of course, Freddy Krueger. <gasps> uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, a, a lot of times, New Line Cinema is referred to as the house that Freddy built, right? Because Nightmare on Elm Street did very well for him. But Ninja Turtles also helped out quite a bit. And then eventually, they'd go on to make. That's right, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Mm -hmm. <gasps> mm -hmm. Whatever happened to them? I think they got bought out by somebody else, right? Warner Brothers bought them or some shit? Yeah, after they made some mistakes, as I recall. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm, whatever, they had a good run. They got to make Lord of the Rings. The shit rules. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the best. All right, we mentioned it earlier. Director Steve Barron. Uh, prior to this, he was mostly music video director, man. He was doing... Uh, Talking Heads, ZZ Top, all sorts of shit. He's a, a highly respected music video director. He got to make this movie, and then out of the other films he's directed, which there's only a handful of, the only one of note would be um, the Coneheads movie. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, not a great one. <laughs> Not awful though. I mean, yeah. you know, sometimes Conan, if I'm flipping channels and Conan's on like USA, I'll sit down and watch. Well, yeah, that's Conan's. I just remember Conan's. like in um, I don't know my uh, adolescence. We'll say like yeah, Conan's would be on TNT or some shit and be like yeah, I'll watch that for like half an hour. Whatever, got some jokes in it. Dan Aykroyd, Jane Curtin. That's fine. Oh lord, so much pee pee. Oh, I forgot to mention at the outset. Mm -hmm. Um. 
What are you drinking? You mentioned you're drinking beer. I have a uh, line and kugels. I'm drinking um, truly hard seltzer tea. And uh, let me <laughs> tell you, what a girl! Is <laughs> it's uh, the most god awful beverage I've ever drank. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's nothing about tea that makes me think. Mm, you know what it should be? Alcoholic. Well, I just like I was thinking like whatever like uh, that means it's gonna be like hella watery. And I'll just like piss it out mostly. I'll stay hydrated or whatever. And it, it tastes like fucking <sighs> flavor syrup, water, and just a sprinkle alcohol. <laughs> I have a, I have half berry wise and half uh, summer shandy. Summer shandies. Yeah, no, this, this fucking sucks. Uh, anyone listening who wants to try it out because it's new. I'm advertising this shit like it's new. Um, it fucking sucks. Don't try it out. <laughs> it's uh, the worst. <laughs> um, shit, let's see here. Oh, according to Josh Pies, Josh Pies, maybe Pies, Pies, who played uh, Raphael in the suit and the voice. He's the only oh, actor. One of, of a kind here. Yeah, he's the only turtle actor that did that. He said uh, he was on a podcast called I Was There Too, which... Uh, apparently they interview um i don't know people yeah that you know what i mean that that's people you wouldn't think of yeah right which that's a pretty cool concept we'll probably edit this part out i hate to advertise other podcasts yeah because also it's a way better concept than we ever thought Mm -hmm. yeah but we don't have any connections to fucking interview anyone also i don't want to talk to strangers (laughs) (laughs) um he says the director Steve Barron was fired near the end of production because the producers uh, thought the film would become too dark, so uh, he didn't he didn't get to finish post production. And the edit, original editor was uh, Sally Menke. 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 She's uh, primarily known for collaborating with none other than the most misogynistic piece of shit, terrible, worst director of all time, Quentin Tarantino. Oh God! How dare you? Yeah, but she actually also didn't get to finish editing the film because they didn't like her cut. <laughs> but I mean, four years later, Pulp Fiction, and then I mean, she—that's the important thing. Huh? The talk. I mean, she's the talk of the town at that point. The toast of Khan. Uh, speaking of which, Khan Film Festival is going on now. It has become the most like. I mean, most of my lifetime has been this way, but it is the most like bourgeois. This like unchained, horrible, like Hollywood elitist bullshit shit, right? Like, look at Bella Hadid at the Con Film Festival. I was like, I'd rather not. <laughs> <laughs> I I uh, I don't. As a matter of fact, I I don't know. Like the, some of the I like movies, but a lot of the um, ancillary Hollywood bullshit, I have absolutely no patience for. Well, that's what I was uh, today. I was um. I saw a quote from uh, uh, Urasawa Naoki, or Naoki, Naoki Urasawa, depending on how you want to arrange the names, um, who's a famous mangaka, manga artist. Um, he was talking about um, the value of storytelling. He said, well, you could, it could possibly be me or one of my compatriots or et cetera, et cetera. Someone could write a story that could change someone's life. And because of that change, that person could change the world. Right. 
So there is beauty in storytelling. I'll admit to that is very important to me. I'll be sincere and say I think storytelling and art is one of like the most important things that humans do, et cetera, et cetera. But while believing that, um, I don't think the actors and the directors <laughs> and all these people that make the art are necessarily that important. And I don't care what they're doing or what their opinions are <laughs> you know what i mean it's just like i i don't care about any of the hollywood bourgeois bullshit about it it's just just make shit and then you know be done i don't know i don't know how to explain it it's like there is importance yeah storytelling and art but it's like fucking it's fucking you don't need to feel that important about yourself because anyone can fucking do it no kyle i'm a unique snowflower adam driver is a once in a lifetime t- talent Okay, no one can do what he does. No one can pray, pretend like he does. I mean, there are people that are better at it. Like, Quentin Tarantino is better at it than other people. But, like, fucking, I don't know. Like, fucking, you're not a god. <laughs> you're still just a dude who's pretty good at making movies, right? You know? <laughs> no, I'm a god. A movie god. Worship movie me. God. How dare these fucks. I only mur- worship fucking Betty Davis. <laughs> I only worship my left testicle. Wow. I call it Betty Davis. You got Betty Davis nuts. That's what they say, that famous song, right? (laughs) (laughs) You got Betty Davis nuts. You got Betty Davis nuts. It's Betty Davis or Shelly Duvall. Oh, maybe I can get a testicle. (laughs) She get a Shelly Duvall phone case. That might be nice. Or fucking. Mina from Twice. Ooh, baby. Yeah, you should get uh, Shelly Duvall as uh, Olive Oil from uh, the Popeye movie. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Babe of a lifetime. Uh, who's in this movie? Fucking Corey Feldman does Dantel's voice. We mentioned Elias Codius. Coteus? Codius? I don't know. He's Greek, whatever. Or, I mean, he's Canadian, but he's Greek. And, of course, Sam Rockwell. That's the important thing. <laughs> Sam Rockwell, before he was anybody... Just playing like a Sid Vicious knockoff. Also, fucking Dan- <laughs> Danny loves Sid Vicious. You notice he's only wearing Sid Vicious t-shirts. In the movie? Oh, he just loves it. I mean, he thinks he's going to be Sid Vicious. I fucking loves Sid Vicious. He should fucking be wearing Shane McGowan shit with that ginger hair and bad teeth. Just wear your fucking Shane McGowan shirts. That's who you're going to be. Here's a uh, tight-ass quote from um, Elias Cody. So I think it's pretty cute. I like him. <clears throat> when asked about this film, Ninja Toidles, he said, Ah, 1989. The summer of 28 years old, hair was flowing. I felt healthy, strong, awesome hair. I don't know what <laughs> happened. You just felt alive. But one attempt at being a hero, a vigilante in the park looking for bad guys. It was fun, especially with Jim Henson and the puppets. It was cutting-edge technology at the time. It was a magical summer in Wilmington, North Carolina. I get stopped by kids. Well, not kids anymore. They're 25, 30, saying, there's Casey Jones. There are worse things in the world. It brings a smile to my face. That's cute, I mean, that, huh? That's fucking cool as shit. You know, yeah. what I mean? there's lots of guy actors that did something like 40 years ago. I mean, this guy still has a kind of a career, so it's not. Like- Elias Codius is straight up like a Scorsese um, bit player. You know what I mean? This yeah. is, he's a serious actor and shit, and he's. So I think it's cool that he's like, yeah, I like the people still recommend me as Casey. Yeah, yeah, I love his perspective. Plus, it's a fucking fun. Ro- he he, it was a fun role. 
I, I like his perspective too because you it straight up is just like he had a chill last summer in 1989 and it's like fucking hell yeah man <laughs> plus my hair was fucking balling yeah you could tell I mean it's getting a little thin in like the thin guy patch but you know looking pretty good no, I love that quote it's like hell yeah man that's what it's all about that's like uh, the quote from um not the any specific quote, but like the quotes from like the dudes in Stand By Me, where it's like, Yeah, that was like the summer River Phoenix got laid for the first time, and Corey Feldman smoked weed and shit. It's like, Hell yeah, man, that's fucking good summer, man. That's what's up. Real ass summer shit. And then, it's important that we cover this. Um, in the 1980s, before uh, this movie was in production and shit, uh, the first pitch uh, Eastman and Laird got for film treatment. Was from none other than, can you guess it? Nope. Roger Corman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, no, thank you, sir. You want to hear what his concept was? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm scared, but yes. All right. He was going to have the four turtles played by comedians who were popular at the time, which would have been Gallagher, Sam Kinison, oh Bobcat Goldthwait, and Billy Crystal. They would have, um, Who's going to be who? Bobcat is Ralph, right? <laughs> I don't know. It didn't matter because they were going to be dressed in turtle shell shells, right? Just like plastic turtle shells. Have the arms and legs painted green and shit. <laughs> and just like, you know, be cutting it up. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Do you imagine? That's like fucking postmodern turtles. I'd like to see that movie get made now. Sam Kinison's dead, obviously. I think Gallagher's dead too. I don't know. Billy Crystal's he dead? I don't know. Billy no, still he's still alive. I'd like uh, to is see. Is Gallagher dead? I don't, I don't know anything about Gallagher. Is. I think he's actually still. He's just his career is dead. I know his, he sold his act to his brother, right? That'd be tight. If if you or I get successful on some sort of act, let's sell our act to each other. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, yeah, he's like, you need to travel around as Gallagher too. Yeah. Well, no, I think he would just be Gallagher and you, you didn't know which, which no, Gallagher no, no, you were getting, right? Legitimately, Gallagher too. And then after a while, he dropped the two part and then his brother sued him because it wasn't part of That wasn't part oh, of the deal, the, Gallagher too. Part of the deal. That's fucking. Funny, <laughs> fucking dumb. <laughs> oh. I mean, that's the craziest thing to me. It's like, oh, this man that that smashes watermelons is so popular that there's gonna be a two. Also, like, it's such a novel idea that you sell the act to someone. <laughs> like, nah, you could probably just go do it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'd like to see that though. That's uh, um, I don't think this got recorded, but uh, when we watched uh, when I showed you the um. Wes Anderson's X-Men trailer from uh, mm-hmm. that one dude, Patrick H. Willems or whatever. Um, where I was like, I'd love to see like a small scale superhero movie where like the, like they really do just like, you know, a left hook takes care of Magneto sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. actually see the action at that level. I think it'd be tight to see this Ninja Turtles movie where it is just like comedians in terrible makeup, just like, Calabunga, dude. <laughs> and then brutal violence killing ninjas. What's your name? I'm a middle-aged uh, teenage... I'm sorry, middle-aged Ninja Turtle. So, obviously, you get in this day and age, you, you take out Sam Kinison, you get Danny Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito, you think? Looks like a turtle. I'd uh, love to put Joe Rogan in there, who absolutely looks like a Ninja Turtle. No, because that stupid motherfucker was like, I'm going to do Tycoon do. <laughs> And that's not what I need from my comedian Ninja Turtles. He can kick pretty hard. <clears throat> um, another treatment that they received at the time from uh, Roger Corman 
or from his studio. Did he give another one? New World. Yeah, he, he had another pitch. Or maybe he didn't have another pitch, but like New World Pictures, his studio had a pitch. Um, there's not a lot of information about this one, but uh, specifically, there was going to be um, uh, it was going to be R-rated territory and included a scene with partial nude nuns on roller skates fighting the heroes. So that could have been pretty cool. <laughs> right. did, did I have a stroke and wind up in a different podcast? Nude nuns. You know, it's interesting about that. Now that I read it, um, I mentioned on the other podcast, I think you got cut. I was writing a screenplay where I was uh, just kind of like leaning into my exploitation um, impulses. I don't know there's a lot of context <clears throat> with the, and world building within the screenplay for this to make sense. But like the main character is uh, a woman who wears like a latex bondage nut outfit. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I'll cut this part too. I guess <laughs> it makes sense in the screenplay, kind of. In context, it is. Well, no, it makes sense thematically more than anything. Anyhow, the important thing is at the beginning of the film, they go Golden Harvest Presents, right? Because that was whatever the production company. Guess where I ate dinner tonight? Golden Harvest Chinese restaurant. Hell yeah. (laughs) That's absolutely what happened. What's that all about? Happy birthday to me. Synchronicity. Everything Mm, is connected. The devil, Satan manifests through me. We will become the most powerful podcasts of all time through synchronicity and the power of Baphomet. If only these weird synchronicities and coincidences ever amounted to anything. But it's actually just because, you know, it's coincidence. The world's a big place, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah, just fucking coincidence. Tell you what, though, Golden Harvest, <laughs> they got pretty good Chinese food. I've had them. I've eaten there a couple times. They're not bad. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, they're they're no China way. I like them because um, you, it's well, first of all you know it's the real shit because you go in there and they got their kids working right, <laughs> so you're like, all right, this is legit. They got their kids working. I know this is gonna be serious shit. And then they um you and then you get the food and it is serious shit because they give you like way too much like food. You're like hell yeah. You know, but it's uh, what's cool about Chinese food is it's not very, it's not really that bad for you. Yeah, I mean, if you eat a bunch of it, it is. I'm, yeah, if you eat a bunch of anything, though. But it's like fucking, if you're going to eat like barbecue or Chinese food, Chinese food's going to be better for you. But I mean, if I'm going to eat a salad or Chinese food, it salad's probably better for me. Yeah, but that's boring, though. Don't you want to eat meat and rice? That's what I want to eat for every meal. All I ever want to eat is meat and rice. Train myself to. <clears throat> training myself to um, marry Mina from Twice. Great. Now you're on another list. Hope you're happy. I don't care. I'm going to get on all the lists until Mina notices me. And if I have to, I'll assassinate a political figure until Mina notices me. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> what's that dude's name that uh, killed for Jodie Foster? Reagan? He shot Reagan for Jodie Foster? I don't remember his name. Fuck, what's his name? You know, answer. No, that's who killed RFK, right? No, wait, is it? Yeah, you're right. That's that's RFK. Shit. They all have stupid names. What is his name? <clears throat> it's, um, Hinkley, right? John Hinkley? <sighs> yes, yes, John Hinkley Jr. That's yeah. Right. He did. Um, supposedly, he was obsessed with Jodie Foster, right? But, like, maybe he was just obsessed with the concept of taxi driver, whereas 
justice must be served to these political ghouls, right? Maybe he knew something about Reagan we didn't know. Reagan seems like a pedophile anyways, right? Hmm. No, no, no. I mean, he's he's hmm. getting his dick sucked by Nancy Reagan. Hmm. This is the complex shit that even QAnon nerds can't even think about. Because they would never think anything negative about Reagan anyways. But here's the truth. Reagan was a pedophile and John Hinckley Jr. was a goddamn hero. <laughs> Ronald Reagan secretly operated a, a pedophile Reagan ring out of a Burger bolts. King basement. It's also like Ronald Reagan fucking sucked anyway. He's <laughs> like fucking shoot his ass. He doesn't even need to be a pedophile. He's a piece of shit. You can say that about oh, he's, like he's dead now. Say that about most presidents. So, hmm. all right. Well, let's talk about Ninja Turtles. Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. All right. You know Shredder should be shot. He's a piece of shit. Nah, I I, I vibe with him. I like it. <laughs> what? I'm gonna travel halfway across the world to kill my ex girlfriend and her new boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Not oh, even yeah, your ex girlfriend, <laughs> just the girl that you kind of like that she didn't like you back. <laughs> yeah, man, that's serious shit. Yeah, I vibe with that. <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty hey, like you know, <clears throat> insult mentality, huh? <laughs> that's like uh, can't dodge. What's the Roger? Um, Who's the incel killer? You know, the dude that shops the sorority and shit. Oh, I don't know his name. Fuck, you can't dodge the rods. Who's that you can? Holy shit, that's someone's song. <laughs> the fucking internet is the worst. All right, so first of all, <coughs> I apologize for knowing the meme shorthand for um this fool. I apologize for knowing can't dodge the rods from like 4chan or whatever, but... um. There's uh, some musical artist of some note called Asperger, which is obviously, uh, it's literally ass. Oh, clever. Burger, right? And then he has a song, Can't, Can't Dodge the Raj, which I'm sure he's from also Red Forge and shit or whatever. But um, <clears throat> it's weird how the internet operates, huh? Like fucking, you fucking. I mean, again, just to go back to what we talked about with Donald Trump, I'm like, oh, it was fun when it was just some crazy person on the internet, and you're like, ah, look at these idiots arguing over stupid shit. Yeah. Um, there's just too many of them, and they're 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 in real life, and they have too much power. Well, that's the scary thing is, um, on the internet, it is just like fucking look at this weird, you know, crazy sideshow. But unfortunately, the um, nature of internet to real life is becoming like one to one ratio. And sometimes you just look around the people around you, like you go to the gas station and you're like, hmm, does he support Elliot Roger and wants to kill all women? Also, Elliot Roger, that was the name of the incel killer in the San Bernardino, I think it was, or Santa Barbara. You know the one. The one thing I noticed you watching this movie a second time is that Splinter was already an abnormally smart rat. I mean, yeah, he smart. was already doing karate and shit. He was a smart shit. guy before he got got oozed. Yeah, he was already doing um, ninjutsu. I was going to say karate, but um, I don't want to be that uh, dismissive of Japanese culture. He was doing ninjutsu. He was already watching Well, him, I mean, like, I have, to be fair, I don't know that these the turtles are actually doing ninjutsu <laughs> technically. Yeah, but I mean, like, at least, like, you know, can't be, oh, yeah, they're not, te- they're Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, all right? They're not Teenage Mutant Karate Turtles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's already l- learned the moves and shit, so he's a pretty smart rat. However, rats are pretty smart. 
the, the problem, the perception people have with rats is they're dirty and just filthy and stuff. Uh, that's just the circumstance of uh, the, where where life put them. They have a complex social um, environment, and they're smart. They're capable of uh, they they're very dexterous hands and stuff. Rats are very cool. Rats are a very cool animal. Where everyone's like, oh, the Black Death. Uh, that's fleas. All right, leave the rats alone. <laughs> but the fleas rode on the rat's back. <clears throat> fleas could come from anywhere. It was probably goddamn fucking rich people's dogs or some shit. <laughs> uh, came from the, the deepest valleys of the Nile. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to create a new conspiracy theory. The, the Black Death was actually an engineered play by the elites at the time. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we're not covering the news girls at all. Happy birthday to me. But did you see uh, Morrissey's interview? Nope. He got interviewed by his nephew, and he called COVID uh, Convid. Ooh, wow. Yeah. Showed him. Got Got him. Got him. Morrissey's weird. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to call it Co-Hoax. Oh, get it? Nope. It's not as good as Convid. Convict. Convict sounds like a terrible straight-to-video Steven Seagal movie. <clears throat> it kind of sounds like a more like a Russ Meyer movie or something. <sighs> All right, well, let's do this. Rate your your your, your turtle movie. Wait, nah, out of ten stars, how many stars are you giving this bad boy? This one, I'll give it seven stars. Seven yeah, out of ten. Yeah, it's a, it's a solid seven. It's not like Big Trouble in Little China or anything, but it's a pretty good movie. There's some uh, some parts where I feel like there's some really bad ADR, like uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Charles, Charles, mm-hmm. the the dad. I, I the entire every time he talks, I'm like, is that actually his voice? Because it doesn't look like it's coming out of his mouth. Well, a lot of the turtle ADR is kind of um, yeah. What are you gonna do there, though? Yeah, but I mean, it is still like that is it's really cool what they're able to do with the puppetry and the the the. Uh, <clears throat> the fight sequences are surprisingly entertaining too, considering they're just dudes in suits. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a good movie. Like, I, uh, my biggest takeaway from it, watching it now as an adult again, is um, it's paced really well. Like, this is a, uh, you know, when you're in a screenwriting class and they make you read uh, the screenplay <laughs> for My Cousin Vinny mm-hmm. or Chinatown, saying, "Oh yeah, these are the best screenplays." Fucking, here's how you pace the movie. Well, I think this movie could be up there, honestly. If you want to make a hour and 30 minute like bullshit superhero movie it's like this is it <laughs> remake this movie come on Marvel movie to the original editors of the Suicide Squad no, not yeah. the James Gunn one obviously I don't know we'll see about the James we'll Gunn see. one yeah. yeah that's true he I'm might be because we don't know yet yeah, James Gunn might be all up his own ass like Taika Waititi at this point so it might be terrible that's the thing you can't give these artists too much you know you can't give them too much leash well, no, you give them as leech as they want. They'll hang themselves. That's how it goes. That's the truth. <laughs> you got to keep them tight, tight to your chest. Don't <laughs> Studio knows best. Yeah, but uh, this is the best Ninja Turtles movie. I do like the, um, what was it, 2004 animated one? That one's pretty good, too. Oh, that was a good one. I've okay, watched it. Nowhere. Oh, I haven't watched it since it came out, but it was written by Eastman. Well, what about the uh, the Michael Bay-ish ones when Megan Fox came out? I've never actually seen all of either of them. I know the sequel with Bebop and Rocksteady people actually like. 
But I, like I said, I've never sat down and watched it. I watched both at one point. I don't remember liking them. They don't. I don't think they were bad. I just don't think they were all that great. Probably better than uh, the Turtles Through Time, number three, whatever the fuck they call it. Was the third one? Yeah. Or there uh, in the Edo, Edo period. Mm-hmm. I think it's Edo the period. Samurai. Um, samurai. If like they, what I would want to do with Ninja Turtles, hear me out, all right. <clears throat> I wanted to just remake The Last Samurai, right? And you know the <laughs> scene where they're doing Kabuki Theater and the ninjas attack? Mm-hmm. Turtles. Just have, just have that be Ninja Turtles. <laughs> so the entire movie is just The Last Samurai, but when the, when the ninjas attack, it's Ninja Turtles. Yeah, but when the ninjas attack and it's Ninja Turtles, fucking rotate around, complete 360 on the screenplay. We're now part, we're now following the Ninja Turtles. What are they all about? What's their life about, huh? These fucking yokai. Yeah, these yokai, these uh, these fucking turtle demons that... um, oh, I can't remember what it is. There's something, like, comical about turtle demons in Japanese mythology. Or, like, they like, fucking can, like, fart your soul away or some shit. Something weird. That's a fun one. Something to do with butts. Something to do with Concho, I'm sure. <laughs> we know the Japanese people and their butt play. Fingers of Love, that's what Concho is. Do you know the history of Concho? Uh, no. Well, well there's a evil group of the like, evil wind gang or whatever coming in farting on everyone. <laughs> so you gotta plug them up? Yeah, and there's a monk who, these are the fingers of love that will bring peace back to Japan. Concho. Because it, it means like, it means like finger love or fingers of love is what Concho is. When I hear finger love, that's not what I think that's what I think <laughs> give it a little concho I was watching um twice clips as I'm wont to do recently it's all the thing keeps me hanging on is imagining like fucking what if I was friends with cutie sweeties again you know this is the feminine energy how wonderful anyway um there's three members three members of twice that are Japanese right and they're all like BFFs and shit because they came over from Japan to do twice for her. And uh, they're filming a video. And like, it's like you got to be paying attention to see it because it's like behind the scenes footage when they're filming a video. And one of them is walking up the stairs, Amina specifically, my waifu. And like the other Japanese girl straight up like fucking gooses her, gives her the concho. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> <laughs> He's <laughs> fucking. It's real out there in Japan, huh? <laughs> really, just fucking going. He used for to it. go on walking on the street. I don't know. Yeah, gotta keep a butthole plugged. Clinch, clinch at all times. So, anyways, I hope that's how the uh, last Ronin miniseries ends. Is Michelangelo gives a concho to Shredder's grandson, the ultimate concho, two sides splitting man asunder. Oh, is he still gonna use nunchaku? He's got um all his bros all his brothers' weapons. There's actually um like I said, the storytelling is quite abrupt and brief and um too minimal because it's a comic book, but there is stuff where it's like, oh that kind of makes me sad, right? Because you don't want because imagine Michelangelo dealing with dealing with so much like trauma that he um talks to the ghosts of his brothers who were Brutally murdered, like how Raphael dies is fucking brutal and shit. It's like, oh, okay. Since his Laird and Eastman 
there's a bit of um, ultra ultra violence or there's extremity extremity to um how they die and like the nature of the story and stuff because it's not like oh we got to get those mousers oh geez you know like the cartoon <laughs> well i mean the cartoon they're they're fighting robots almost 90 right of the time. and uh in this one it's like oh shit splinter's gonna die oh oh well rafael got stabbed in the throat by fucking karai and then you know, it gets blown up, and you know what I mean? It's like, oh, shit, it's, oh, it's real. I forgot that sometimes the stakes are higher for the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like, even in this movie, they actually, the, you know, Ralph almost dies. Splinter may be dead. Can never sure. Right. Um, well, there's that scene where uh, Leonardo's like, Splinter's alive, and it's like, yeah, we all we all think he's alive. Which implies yeah, they that they don't all believe he's alive. Think yeah, he's they, dead. but they actually assumed he was dead. It's like, oh, that's kind of fucked up. <laughs> so that's why they weren't talking for the last twenty minutes of the movie. <laughs> if you notice, when they go to the farm, the Michelangelo has like no dialogue at that point. Well, she's not. He's not even featured in April's little uh, roundup of the turtles. If mm. you pay attention, she talks about Ralph and Leo. And Donnie and Casey Jones, but not Mike. <laughs> what was he up to? You can make a whole movie out of that. Let's write that. <laughs> let, we'll, let's 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 pad that out right now. What was he up to? <laughs> he defriends a, a local girl who teaches him how to fish. He's I just like he's getting high probably. <laughs> <laughs> that was my thing. Like, yeah, he's probably just getting high. sniffing yeah. sniffing paint. Yeah, yeah, that turtle X. Turtle X. I don't know. We didn't cover Ninja Turtles very much, but we had a good time. It was my birthday. The fact of the matter is the 1990 Ninja Turtles movie is pretty good. Um, the kid that plays Danny, what's weird is I remember being a little kid thinking he was uh, so goddamn old. And when I look at it now, he's just a fucking baby. <laughs> That's fucking weird, right? Yeah, he did seem old as a child. Now you're like, well, this, well, this kid's you know, this is a little boy. I actually really still really like that scene where the turtles have to hide from him. And they're like hiding and like lifting themselves up in the shower and shit. Yeah, I don't know. This, some of the bottles just does seem really clever. Yeah, that's like a that's a fun scene. I like that. I also like the I don't, I don't know, I like the, the foot um foot fight scene. Uh where they get in a cut it with her te- uh, giving the tour of the, the antique shop and shit. I don't know. It's um it is a well made movie. Even at the time when it came out, it um reviewed quite poorly. A lot of people are like, ah, oh, this is just for kids and blah, 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 blah. So like I said, maybe it's just nostalgia. But I actually think it's um compared well, you know, to know, like, I the... Like, like you, I, if comic book movies had come out in the 80s, they probably been, would have been reviewed very similarly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. These are just well, for kids. <clears throat> well, that's what I was going to bring up is... um. It's written and paced so much better than every Marvel movie. <laughs> I know it's like more childish and more kid friendly and more like fucking goofball and shit, but like um the pacing well, I mean, of the movie is like this. Pacing are not very good. There's a couple oh, it fucking sucks. It's you know what I mean it's the, the, I don't know. There's there's something to be said for like knowing the limits of your story, right? Which um Marvel seems unwilling to do. They seem unwilling to recognize that they are just telling a bullshit popcorn, stupid ass superhero story, right? 
So it's got oh 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 Thor in the depths of despair. No, I don't give a fuck about Thor in the depths of despair because he's gonna go fight like fucking a fire demon or some shit, right? You know what I mean? Like fucking that doesn't need to be there. Yeah, you need to show pathos and characterization of your main characters, which they do in this film. Quite la- a little bit lacking on like Donatello and Michelangelo, to be honest, because um, they're just they- like the the cutesy comic relief kind of guys, right? But it's fun. Donatello uh, and, and Michelangelo just don't have any uh, interpersonal relationship problems with anybody else in their family. Which is like, that happens in real life, too. You know what I mean? Like, you say, eh, whatever. You know, you just, you fucking, we're just kicking it. There are people that are just kicking it sometimes. Whatever. I don't know. That's the, the, the problem with, um, I guess that's my problem with Marvel movies is they're not ever willing to just be like, hey, we're making this stupid-ass fucking comic book sci-fi bullshit movie. Check it out. And the closest they've come is James Gunn, Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one. The second one is like, eh. But the first one is like, whatever. This is kind of, you know, it's fucking dumb, right? But Marvel's not. They're they're willing to take the edge off of... Um, it's, it's So the Marvel movies are shot very blandly because they have a... Uh, I don't know if we this made it to any podcast, but they're shot very blandly because the people that originated the the uh, the world of Marvel, uh, Favreau and Branagh and shit like that, they're they're not particularly interesting directors. So that's who originated. I tell you, you're talking about Kenneth Branagh that way. Uh, that's how they they originated the visual style of Marvel. It's like okay, whatever, you can get over that eventually. Blah blah blah. But um, storytelling wise, Marvel has this problem where they um take the edge off of scenes that should be emotionally resonant right they they all they gotta they gotta quip your way through something that should be emotionally resonant be way too sincere about shit that is uh meaningless yeah yeah so it's it's like a weird dissonance in marvel movies and uh and i don't just mean marvel movies marvel imagine marvel movies as a stand-in for mainstream film in general Last I don't know, decade or so, fifteen years. The point is, you'll never get Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles nineteen ninety again. <laughs> well, definitely not now. Nickelodeon owns it, and uh, I don't know if you've seen what they've done with SpongeBob, but <laughs> I don't, they don't make them like they used to, huh? Uh, uh, <laughs> all right, well. Anything you'd like to add for Ninja Turtles 1990? Danny loves Sid Vicious. What's that all about? Fuck if I know. Um, we're Bebop and Rocksteady, huh? They got Tokar and Razor in the next one. You think <laughs> there, there wasn't like a licensing problem? Why didn't they have Bebop and Rocksteady? <laughs> shit. I don't know. It just seemed weird. Because the, the cartoon was three years old at this point. Maybe they're just trying. I mean, I can understand why the first one didn't. But by the second one, yeah. it's like, why don't you? Why wasn't it just be a problem rock study there? Yeah. There's got to be a reason. I can't think of anyone, but then there has to be. Other than them, like, well, no, we're going to do a snapping turtle and a fox. Is <laughs> Rousar a fox or is he a wolf? Wolf. Oh, I assume wolf, right? But he's, he's like ginger. Like. They have ginger wolves. Yeah, but like not like foxes. Foxes are always ginger, pretty much, unless they're white. They're either white or ginger. I think there's more kinds of foxes than that. Well, I guess 
There's different. There's like the fennec fox. You got your arctic fox. There's that side. um. What's that desert fox that has a long nose and little eyes, and he always looks like very upset. Mm. Isn't that a fennec fox? No, those are little ears? guys. No, those are little guys. Those are like the the domesticable guys. Oh, you mean the guys that have like, the really weird eyes? Yeah, like they have very little eyes and a huge snout. And he always looks like he's confused and staring at something in the distance. Yeah, mm. I don't know what the fuck about it is called. Whatever. Uh, yeah, when they have Bjorn Rocksteady, who knows? The answers are waiting for you at VHSCult.com, KVLT. And uh, this will be a very special episode, but if you go to VHSKVLT.com, you can listen to our other podcasts, which we release weekly, where we talk about mm, random shit. It's a bit of um, trying to cash in on the uh, white boys who talk about current events bullshit. I don't know. really talk much about anything. I don't know. If other people are doing it, why not us? Huh? 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 But then we also have this podcast, which has been on hiatus for a little bit. Um, but when we come roaring back soon, uh, the next thing we are going to do will probably be about a month from now. We'll say August 4th or so. We're going to do a career retrospective. Well, not a career retrospective, but a... Uh, Peaks the the a career peak retrospective on Polly <laughs> Shore, none of the valleys, all the peaks. Yeah, just like the the highlights of Polly Shore. So what I mean is, um, if you want to follow along with like what we're gonna be watching and like what's gonna come up in the podcast, is it's probably gonna be what do you think, Encino Man, uh, Son in Law in the Army now, Biodome, right? That, that what about that? What about the, you want to do the one that I consider kind of his fall? Was like the juror or some shit? Oh, jury duty? That's the one. Ooh, yeah, I guess we could do that. And then, I don't know, most of you fucking Zoomer nerds are in love with the Goofy movie anyways. So, I mean, he's in the Goofy movie. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I mean, that's a good movie, but I'm not um, watching it again because who cares? Yeah, I'm, I'm, my thing was, yeah, it was going to be Encino Man son-in-law in the army now biodome but yeah we could also watch uh jury duty i think jury i think jury duty comes out before biodome oh really yeah i think so something about biodome just uh no one liked it <laughs> just said, that's enough of you Polly Shore. <laughs> which is crazy because i i it's been a long time since i watched any of these movies but I'm going to say, I think Encino Man and Son-in-Law might be, like, kind of cute little movies. Oh, I mean, Encino Man for sure is. I mean, because Polly Shore's not really the main draw of that. It's, it's um, Brandon Fraser. Brandon yeah. Fraser and yeah. uh, uh, Samwise. The Hobbit. Yeah, Samwise. Patty Duke's son. Yeah, so that's the next thing we're going to do probably a month from now. Um, we'll do uh, Polly Shore Retrospective. If you want to follow along, watch those four or five movies. It's up to you if you want to watch them all. I don't think I'm even watching Jury Duty, but maybe because I remember like the, uh, like the Judge Ito shit, right? <laughs> <laughs> My name is Judge Ito and I want a burrito. <laughs> yeah. That's the only part I remember. Yeah, so maybe I'll check it out. So. Um, and then after that... Uh, we're uh the, the we're gonna do we're gonna run the gauntlet is my plan is we're gonna sean and i are gonna um 
argue about what is the best movie of every year of the 80s, starting with the 80, 1980 until 1989. So, and then, uh, I don't know, to make it, uh, we'll see how it goes. But anyways, the next big thing is Polly Shore Retrospective. Check it out in about a month. You got 30 days or so to watch Zeno Man, Son-in-Law in the Army now. And uh, Jury Duty, maybe. And then Biodome, maybe. The first three are the more important ones because uh, those are the ones I, I think I like. I don't know. I remember thinking Biodome was all right. But it's like, eh. Mm. Eh, it's got one of the bald ones in it. Eh. <laughs> the worst bald ones. Yeah. Like. Uh, so check that out. Uh, VHSCult.com, KVLT. You can check it all out. I'm sure that was rambling because I'm quite a bit drunk now, but it's fine. Um, listen to the other podcasts. Tell your friends and family. Rate and review. Uh, advertise for us. Love us. Um, I'm 35 and I got nothing to show for it. Now is the time. Begin all your masturbation rituals. I'll activate the team now i'm activating all the goddamn vassals and this is it make it a possibility let me appear in a shion sono film it could have been think about it it could have been me and nicholas cage in the new shion sono film i mean it could have been in much the same way you could have been emperor of space mm-hmm. exactly think about it you think about that audience and do what you're supposed to do. Rate and review. Tell your friends. Tell everyone. Let's get this shit going. Only got five years. If, I'll, if I'm not on top of the world by 40, fucking, you better watch out, George Clooney. <laughs> <laughs> you can be dead by then. <laughs> VHS Cole.